Welcome to Sci-Fi Radio Theater, the internet's premier source for original science fiction, horror, and fantasy radio dramas. Before we begin tonight's story, we would like to take a moment to tell you about one of our sponsors. Tired of seeing and hearing commercials? Well now, thanks to the Monkey Dew Company, you can skip the advertisement experience altogether. With the new Plug Your Holes device, you can stick quartz in your ears, eyes, and nose, ultimately preventing you from seeing, hearing, or smelling any advertisements for the foreseeable future. That's the Plug Your Holes device from the Monkey Dew Company. And now it's time for Hyper Nocturnal, an eight-part sci-fi horror story. Tonight's episode, episode six, The Labyrinth. In last week's episode, Tanya, Mati, and Wolfgang confronted a dying Humbaba and discovered Monroe's plan to drag the living universe into a great singularity known as the Black Curtain. Shortly after, Wolfgang was absorbed by the Black Curtain himself. Datros and Tanya then discovered that Marty had been hiding the fact that he was a former Satan worshipper the whole time. Finally, as they entered the labyrinth, Marty made an agreement to listen to a proposal from Monroe, now revealed to be named Marchosius. Tonight's episode begins in the labyrinth. think this hallway isn't going anywhere. We've been walking for hours, and it's still just a constant corridor of turns. There haven't been any forks or choices of where to move at all. We haven't come across any stone doors, either. Yeah. Well, do you know anything about this? Is there any sort of secret demon knowledge on how to get through here? Not that I can think of at the moment. I never came across any demons who controlled labyrinths in my studies. I just know of the one with the Minotaur from Greek mythology. Datros, you got any ideas? I'm afraid I do not. Labyrinths have not been an item of deep study for me. I guess I would ask if you see anything around you other than the corridor. As I have stated before, if the obvious does not offer a solution, Explore the unobvious. Hmm... Well... There are candles on the walls. I picked one up. It didn't seem to do anything. Is there anything else around? Not really. It's just a long wooden corridor. There's dirt and dried blood on the walls. Maybe that means something. Maybe. I don't see any patterns or anything with the blood or dirt. I'm not sure. It's kind of hard to see with this light, though. Try lighting it on fire with the candle. Why would I do that? If there is a pattern, we will be able to better see it if it's flaming. But the entire corridor is made out of wood. It will light the whole thing on fire. We'll just run away from it, then. Besides, maybe burning down the walls will give us access to new points. Can blood even ignite? Not when it's in liquid form, but when it's dried, yes. I shouldn't be surprised that you know that. You asked. You really think that demons would hide a pathway that could only be revealed by lighting blood on fire? As a demon expert, that sounds exactly like something a demon would do. Alright. Here we go. Whoa! It worked! What happened? The blood on the left wall. I ignited it with the candle. 
The fire took off and spread down the corridor on the left side and also up to the left side of the ceiling. It's all in connected patterns, too. The swirls spread down and make spirals and triangles and upside-down pentagrams as it moves down the wall. It's like the recipe to a satanic kid's cereal. Is it burning the wood in the corridor? No. It seems to just be staying on the blood. We seem to be safe. Try igniting the other wall, too. Done. The right side is ignited. Same thing happened. Yes, but look. Now there are connected patterns on the ceiling. Do they make any sense to you? Um... Not yet, but come on. We can keep following it and maybe something will become clear. Wait. This symbol here on the ceiling, it means something. It's a symbol that often represents a passage or a door. Okay. So what does that mean? We're still in this corridor. I don't see any doors or additional passages. I'm going to try touching the center of the symbol. Ah! The ceiling moved! Is it a trap door? Yeah, I think that's what it is! It's like a hatch on the ceiling. I can push it up and over to the side. Detrust! We opened the hatch and there are monsters in it. Run. No, I mean, they're monsters, but they aren't attacking us. I've seen one of these guys before. Back on the ship, when we first died, there was one fused to the wall. They just repeat their same actions over and over again. Residual spirits. Yeah. These guys, they look exactly the same as the one I saw on the ship. They're fused into the wall with their stomachs slashed open. Pale skin, sharp teeth, the whole thing. It looks like the hatch in the ceiling opened up to a shaft that goes up. These things are lining the walls of the shaft all the way up. It looks like there's another pathway going forward at the top of the shaft. How are we going to get up there, though? We climb up. What? These residual spirits are fused to the wall. We can use them like a letter. Just grab onto one and start climbing and we'll be up to the top in no time. I'm not sure that's such a good idea. Yeah. Maybe we should just keep walking until we find another opening. We could be walking for hours. For all we know, this could be the only opening in this corridor and we managed to stumble upon it. Besides, these things aren't going to hurt us. They likely aren't even aware that we are here. Just avoid their teeth and we should be okay. I really do lead a charmed afterlife, don't I? Alright, let's go. Be careful, Tanya. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, grabbing hold and starting to climb. Coming up behind you. <sighs> oh, oh, this is disgusting. I just had to grab onto one of their open stomach slits in order to pull myself up. Yeah, I'm trying to avoid this. God, if I was alive, I would probably be making a comment about how many germs I'm getting all over my hands right now. At least they don't smell. <sighs> yeah. Ah! Tanya! I'm alright. The one I was grabbing onto did a reset thing and I lost my grip and fell. I was able to grab onto another one, though. Continuing to climb. <sighs> okay. I'm continuing to climb, too. I'm almost at the top. Okay, I'm out. I'm at the top. I'm coming. There you are. There. Out. Detras, we reached the top. Crap, it's just another corridor though. Same thing as before. Made of wood with candles on the sides. Is there blood on the walls again? Yeah. Then light that on fire too. Good point.
Okay. Both walls are lit. Same thing. Lots of symbols. Well, let's follow it. Here is another symbol like before. But this one is on the left wall and it's bigger. Opening it up. Oh. It's a drop-off. Daytrust. There's another shaft, but it's going down. Way down. It disappears into darkness from where we're standing. We must have to jump down it. No way. I don't think we have a choice. It's where the symbols are pointing. We have no idea how far this thing goes down, or what's down there. This goes way, way farther down than the shaft we just climbed up, too. We're going to be going subterranean here. Yeah, and we didn't know what was waiting for us at the top of the shaft we just climbed up. This is our best guess. Look, I'm kind of having an emotional issue with people falling from high places today. Well, I'm jumping. Wait! Wait! What? Damn it! He jumped. All right, Daytrus. I'm jumping. Are you sure about this, Tania? No! I'm never sure about anything! Here I go! Ah! Ah! Falling! Falling! Oh, jeez! Yeah, I'm here. Where are you now? Uh... Another wood corridor. Damn it. Everything is all the same. Yeah, but this one is much more decrepit, though. Look at the walls. The wood is all rotted and water damaged. It's dimmer in here, too. Any blood around to light on fire? No, I don't see any. Well, come on. Let's see if there's anything further down. Okay. There's a turn up ahead. Crap. There's another drop off. But this one is right here in the middle of the floor. Where the hell is this all leading to? Only one way to find out. Jumped again, the bastard. All right, I'm going to. Okay, where are we now? Middle. It's another corridor, but it's a bit larger than the previous ones, and this one is made completely out of rusted metal. Well, at least we're out of the wood. Come on, let's go walk. Give me a second. I just had to jump down two mine shafts in a row. I'm not stopping. Come on. Asshole. All right, hold on. I'm coming. Oh, come on. This is just getting ridiculous. Another drop. Another one of these, and we're going to be in the Earth's core. Or at least would be if we were on Earth. Come on. Mati, just wait a damn minute, all right? I'm going. Huh? Hey! All right. How many more of these could there be? Ah! Ah! Jesus! Ah! doing that again, okay, Mati? Yeah, fine. Whatever. Where are you now? Stone. We are at a stone cave. The entrance to the cave is in front of us. There are two candles on either side of the cave shining a little bit of light on where we are. I don't know what's in the cave, though. It's all dark inside. No candles or lights. Come on, let's go in. Mati... Just wait a damn minute, all right? I just need to sit down for a little bit, okay? What? Are you tired? Physically, no. Emotionally, very much so. I'm just going to sit here for a minute and get myself back together. Fine. I'm going to grab one of the candles and scout ahead. I'll be back. Yeah, fine. You there, Daytross? Yes. I'm having a hell of a day today, huh?
I would say so. This place is horrible. It's really horrible. It just tests every part of you and it never lets up. I don't know what to say. I'm not really looking for you to say anything. Okay. God, I used to think that never being able to see my sister and niece again was the worst part about being dead. But now that's like the least worst part about it, isn't it? Back home I only had the stress of my day job and immediate friends and family to worry about. Here, I literally have the weight and responsibility of the entire universe on my shoulders. And I'm the person who threw up on stage during the 7th grade spelling bee finals due to anxiety. Well, spelling bees can be stressful. <laughs> yeah, you're telling me. God. Back on Earth, everyone always talks about how much better life is going to be when you're dead. Or they talk about how bad it's going to be. But nobody ever suggested that the dead world would be just as messed up and confusing as the living world. When all this is over, if we are actually able to save the day, what am I going to do with myself? Just hang around? Float about in between the dimensions and be bored? Doesn't sound boring to me. Well, it does to me. Look, I may be a pilot, but I'm not an explorer. All the things I wanted in my life I already had at home. Frankly, the worst parts of my life were when I was traveling because it took me away from the stuff that made me happy. More than once, I've seriously considered that I took up the wrong profession. I probably would have been happier being a window washer or a parking lot sweeper. You get to just kind of stay put. And besides, after experiencing how horrible all of this is now that I'm dead, I think I've seen enough. I really have no desire to explore into this world or worlds further. I don't know. After all of this, I think I may try to make my way back to Earth. I think I may now understand why people keep saying they sense their deceased friends and family watching over them. But you are wrong about something, Tania. You will be alive at the end of this. As Humbaba said, if you are able to pass the final test, you will be alive again. Good point. I guess I do have something to look forward to then. Yes, you do. Hey, how did you get involved with science? What made you decide to do what you do? Well, I was good at it, I suppose. That was probably the biggest factor. It was something I easily understood. I found exciting, and that I was really, really good at. I come from a different mold from you. I love exploration. Both in the physical sense, and in the mental sense. The most fun I have in my life is exercising my mind, and exploring all possibilities of logic, reason, and science. It's what gets me excited. Yeah. Wolfgang told me that he was the same way. Yes, I got that sense. Anyway, as it were, the most functional aspect of my body has always been my mind. I guess it's good luck that using my brain ended up being the thing that gives me the most joy in life. Is it okay if I ask you how long you've been, um... In the chair? It's fine, you can ask. It's been most of my life. I don't really remember not being in it very much, frankly. I was diagnosed with my condition when I was very young. About five years old. Things quickly deteriorated and I was in the chair. That's pretty much it. You're never angry about that? Sorry, that may have been too personal of a question. 
I think at this point in our relationship subtle politeness doesn't really need to be called upon anymore. But to answer your question, no. Not really. I mean, it's all I've ever known. I don't really miss being able to stand up and run around because it's not something I ever got a chance to enjoy in the first place. It's like you and religion. To be honest, I've never really felt like I was quote, disabled. I suppose if I was born in another time, with different technology, it would be another story. But as it is, the chair has always been able to get me where I needed to go. Friends and family have been able to help where I needed it. Sure, I can't play football, but I never had any desire to. Something kind of tells me that even if I were able to walk and move normally, my nerdy personality and interests probably would have kept me from playing football anyway. So no, I stopped being upset about my physical capabilities fairly quickly. Huh. But, this is not to say I've never been upset and frustrated in relation to my condition. I suppose it's not a physical frustration as much as it is a mental frustration. An emotional frustration. Dare I say it, a social frustration. What I've discovered is that, no matter how smart and normal you might be as a person, how with it you are socially, how funny you are, how positive you are, just generally how likable you are, people still sort of treat you different. Not in the sense that they run away screaming or are rude or anything. They just treat you different. Look at you different. Take a different tone of voice when they're talking to you. I'm 55 years old. I have three PhDs and I'm considered to be the smartest man alive. But when my car pulls up into that parking spot and I wheel out, people still just sort of think about that blue rectangle with a white figure on it. And I still get that slight change in look and tone of voice that suggests that someone feels bad for me. Like they're talking down to me. No matter how nice people try to be, I'm still sort of on the outside looking in. At least from a social standpoint. The worst thing about being handicapped isn't not being able to do things. The worst thing about being handicapped is everyone telling you that you're handicapped. Yeah. That sucks. If I had the ability to laugh out loud I would be doing so at that comment. That may have been a more direct way of saying what I was trying to express. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. But, it's not all bad. Being on the outside. It has taught me a lot about the importance of individuality. The importance of developing yourself into a person you like, as opposed to a person a collective of other people like. I think that's something most people disregard out of a perceived need to fit in. In a weird way, I feel like I socialize better with people because I have a strong sense of myself compared to people whose identities are completely dependent on the boundaries of the groups they have been assigned to. I never feel like I need to second-guess my choices out of fear that some other authority will disapprove. 
I almost feel like people who are so very attached to their collectives and designated causes are really the handicapped ones. They're the ones who are being limited in their ability to grow. At least in the ways that I think are important. Now that's something I can certainly understand. Has Maddie come back yet? No, not yet. Where is that guy? Alright. I'm going to grab the candle and head to the cave. See if I can find him. And yes, before you ask, I'll be careful. You took the words right out of my chair. Alright, in I go. Times have turned dark for Tanya in the afterlife. We will be back to the story after this word from our sponsor. Tired of running out of toilet paper? With Marty Macclesfield's new invention, you can increase the amount of time your toilet paper roll will last by up to 20,000%. With the toilet paper time increaser, you can now attach the end of your toilet paper to the wallpaper in your house. Then, when you run out of toilet paper, the toilet paper time increaser will start stripping the wallpaper off your house and turning it into toilet paper for you to use. And now back to Hyper Nocturnal, only on Sci-Fi Radio Theater. Marty, are you alone? Yes. Tanya is back at the entrance. You are as trustworthy as you are talented. I'm surprised you want to talk to me. After all the trouble we've caused. That I helped cause. I am aware of your indiscretions, Marty. But I am willing to overlook them if you were to explain yourself, perhaps. I... I'm sorry. But it just seemed so different when I was over here. So... Different from how I thought it would be when I was alive. It changed my perspective. When I was faced with a dead world right in front of my face, it frightened me. It seemed like everything was out to get me. Everything was out to get me. I panicked. I fought against you. Against your minions. Against Humbaba. I don't know what to say. It seemed like the logical thing to do. But what was I supposed to think? There was no sign of reward for my strength in the world. And don't you dare tell me that I wasn't strong or deserving enough of reward. When I was alive, I trounced every weakling beneath me in my life. I rose to every level of glory and fame within my field that could be achieved. I was worshipped as a man-god amongst the populations of Earth and its colonies. Yet, when I arrived beyond the gates of death, I am attacked. Attacked by my own food. And by our minions. After all, I had worshipped you. <laughs> oh, Marty, you can be so simple-minded and foolish, my friend. Yes, you are mighty. You are strong. I have seen it in your world. I heard your prayers and felt your offerings. I have known and watched you since the day you were born. However, I needed to be sure that that same strength when you were alive carried over. That is why I tested you. You tested me! Of course! It was all just a test! This whole time! Yes. 
You see, when the spirits from your world cross over, they often will not exhibit the same strengths that they had shown in their lives. I needed to test you to make sure your strength was true. Oh, and it was true, Marty. It was glorious to see how true it was. Your strength is more powerful than any I have ever seen. You resisted Humbaba's possession. You destroyed his aura. You escaped from the white verse. You, Marty, are a very strong man. Oh, I knew it. I knew you would think so. Marty, I have so many rewards in store for you. Riches and pleasures beyond what you ever could have imagined to experience on Earth. But I have to ask you first, how do you feel now? How do you feel about me? How do I feel? Well, I feel great. I feel vindicated. I feel like this world isn't so different from what I originally thought now. I just... I just wasn't thinking about that from my high enough level. And you? How do I feel about you? I feel flattered. I feel proud to be talking to you. God, I feel like I'm talking to a celebrity right now. Good, Marty, good. As I said, I have rewards for you, but I have a problem now. I can't give you what you deserve until I am Lord of the Black Curtain. Until I am the master of all. But your companions are trying to stop me. I need your help. You need my help? Yes. I need you to take care of the woman. And then I need you to make your way through the labyrinth and to the ship, where you will enter the room that I am not able to, and stop the man in the chair. I see. Do you swear allegiance to me, Marty? Yes. Yes, of course I do. Then you know what you need to do. Get rid of the girl. Destroy her spirit or drive her into the Black Curtain. But you'll have to be crafty about it. You do not possess the strength I have. So you will not be able to simply strike her down with your hands like I did with Humbaba. There are hazards ahead of you in the labyrinth. Have her fall to one of them. Make it appear as an accident, though. If she knows you are trying to finish her off, she will make it more difficult, and the man in the chair will be on to what's happening. We need him to remain unaware as well, so that you are able to easily access the room he is in in order to finish him off. Marty, are you there? She's coming. Do not attempt to talk to me when she is near. The head will allow her to hear us. You know what you need to do. Yes, I know what I need to do, and I will do it! Marty? Yeah, Tanya, I'm here! Oh, there you are. Find anything? Uh, no. Just rocks. The passage does go deeper, though. I haven't come across any more drop-offs yet. I think we may be done with those. Thank God for that. Alright, let's see what this cave of mysteries holds. Hey, Tanya. Yeah? Nothing. What? Oh, God. You heard me in Daytross, didn't you? You heard us talking through the body part you're wearing. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, look. I get weird and emotional and reflective sometimes, too, you know. I am human. Just, let's not talk about it, all right? Yeah, okay. Daytross, we're in a new room in the cave. It's a small cavern still made of stone. There's furniture in here. It's all covered in cobwebs. What kind of furniture? Um... I don't know. All kinds. Chairs, tables, desks, cupboards. There's a stand-up wardrobe. There's even a coffin. They're all just sort of scattered around. Doesn't seem to be any sort of pattern. 
Well, nothing is jumping out and attacking us, so I say we just move through. Look out! Oh! Huh? Ah! Damn it! That's how it's going to be, huh? Are you alright? I'm fine. I took a few steps in and one of the wardrobes almost fell down on top of me. Yeah, and I called out so that you could jump out of the way. Yeah, thanks for that. You're welcome. It was just a sudden reaction. Alright, so what does this mean? Hmm, I took another step and a chair moved in front of me. It looks like the furniture is trying to crush me and every time I move it gets closer. Maybe you should try just running really fast out of there. Well, that's a bad idea. Seems like it moves every time I move. Oh, I don't know about that. It doesn't seem to be moving when I step. Okay, yeah, I just took a step and the table smacked into my leg. Crap. So every time we move, these furniture pieces come closer. I would guess that eventually they will get to the point that they crush us. I really think we should just run for it. Is there anything inside the drawers or on the tables? Are you near anything that you can open up without stepping? Yeah, there's a dresser near me. Hold on. Uh, there's a lot of random junk in here. Forks, rags, clothes. Huh, there's a newspaper in here. It's in English, that's good. It's dated December 1st, 1947. The headline on the front page says, Sometimes I hate myself. There's a big picture of a coffin on the front. It's like an old-timey, stereotypical coffin, though, made all out of wood. There's an upside-down pentagram nailed to it. Weird, it looks just like the coffin over there. Does the paper say anything else? Um, the text of the articles just say, I am perplexed, air raid siren, over and over again. I am perplexed, air raid siren. I am perplexed, air raid siren. The article is written by a Mr. W.H. Mati, does this crap mean anything to you? Uh, no. No, it doesn't. I have no idea what that is. Any ideas, Daytrust? I'm stumped. Well, the picture of this coffin looks exactly like the one that is propped up over there. Maybe there's something to that. It's a few steps away from me. I'm going to go for it. Tania, you could be crushed. It's just three steps. I think I'll be fine. Yeah, I think you'll be fine. All right. Step one. Step two. Hey, that's close. That's getting real tight. All right, step three. Ugh. Okay, I'm here, but this furniture is right up close now. One more step and I'm crushed. Can you get the coffin open? Yeah, I think there's space to. Huh, there's just a dust rag in here. Hanging on a hook from the back of the coffin. Grabbed it. Now what am I supposed to do? Dust. Really? Best idea I can think of. God, this labyrinth is stupid. Okay, rubbing the furniture with the cloth. Hey, it's working! I dust and the furniture moves back. Monty, come on, follow my trail. Uh, yeah, okay, coming. We're out. Dusting? So weird. The labyrinth is changing. 
Datros. We just walked out of the stone cave. We are in a corridor made of metal now. There are, like, steam tubes and pumps all around. It's like we're in the basement of a factory or something. There's a red light coming out from around the corner up ahead, too. Good. I was tired of walking by these candles. Yeah, me too. Alright, we're going forward. Oh. Lava pit. Of course. Detross, there's a giant lava pit in front of us. The walkway continues on the other side. Well, we must be heading in the right direction since we keep getting obstacles thrown in front of us. So, how do we get across then? Hmm. Well, look. There are two parallel wires hanging over our heads. They go across from one side to the other. What do you think we do? We pull ourselves up and try to walk across them. One foot on each wire. Here, help me up. I'll grab you and pull you up when I'm up there. Okay. Up I go. <laughs> Grabbed it! I'm going to pull myself up. There. Up. Balancing. Oh, oh, okay, got it. When I was alive, I was never able to do a pull-up, and it always drove me nuts. Here, it's no problem. Okay, reaching down to help you up, Monty. Okay. Got you. Pull me up. You set? Yep. Balanced. Okay. Walking forward. Move slowly. We fall into that lava. Our spirits are toast. Okay. Hey, what was that? What is it? The wires. It felt like they were shaking. Mati, did you feel that back there? Uh, no. I didn't feel anything. Huh. Okay. Continuing walking. Whoa! Jesus! I almost fell! Mati, is that you? Did you shake the wires? Yeah, sorry. I just stepped on them weird and that made it shake. Well, be careful. Okay. Because I'm trying to make you fall, you stupid bitch! What? No, Marty! Who is that? Candidate, our children just spoke through the body part. He's been listening in on us, the other body on the bridge. He must have been hearing us through them this whole time. Oh, crap! That's right, he has! And I serve him now! He asked me to make you fall, so I will make you fall! Damn it! Damn it! Marty, you fool! You exposed yourself! Get out of there, Candida! Trying! I'm trying! Fall! Why won't you fall? I knew there was a reason I always hated you, Marty! Die! Die! Candida! Daycross, I fell, but I grabbed onto the wire! Climb up fast! I will make you fall as my master has commanded! He's coming after me! Let's see if my foot in your face fixes your disposition! Uh, Not enough yet! How about another one? Uh, 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 no! Damn it! Detroit! I'm still alive! I fell, but I grabbed onto the edge of one of the pumps on the sidewall! Get out! Get out! There's no getting out for you, Tanya! Just give up and let yourself fall! Uh, I'm trying to shimmy myself along the wall! I'm trying to get to the other side! Oh no, you don't! Now I'm on the wall too, Tanya! Ah, I'm almost to the other side! And I'm almost to you! Go, Candida, go! I made it! Climbing up! Got you! Ah, he's got my leg! Ah, I'm out! 
I'm up! I'm on the other side! Go kick me in the face, you bitch! Run, Tanya. Just run. Okay! Your escape is bleeding, Tanya! I will catch up for you! story right after this word from our sponsor. Signal sending. Please respond. No response. Distress signal sending. Please respond. No response. Distress signal sending. Please respond. No response. Distress signal sending. Please respond. Response being received. Response being received. Playing response. We are When now I riding, we are Message has ended. 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 And now back to Hyper Nocturnal, only on Sci-Fi Radio Theater. you're going to run to, Tanya. Where do you think you're going to be able to hide where my ears will not hear you? Shut up! Just shut up! He can hear you through the head. Throw it away. No! I won't have a way to talk to you if I do! Head or no head, you'll never escape the watching eye of me and my legions. Daytrust, there's a fork in the path with an option to go left or right. I'm going right! Stop talking to me. Well, I gotta have someone to talk to, damn it! I'm all alone out here! I'm in the woods, Martrosius! I'm almost to her! Marty, when you reach the fork, go left! What? You think I'm a fool, Tanya! Damn it! Turn the corner! Ah. Ah. Damn it! I fell! There's mud everywhere! Marty, she's trapped! Get her! What do you mean, trapped? Ah. Ah! Damn it! I can't move in this mud! It's clinging to me! Ah! Is there anything you can grab onto to pull yourself out? A branch or something? Ah! No! There's nothing! Damn it! Yeah! I'm moving a little bit! Yeah! It's like moving through glue! Found you! Ah, crap! Matty, don't do it. Whatever Marchosius is promising you is lies. 
Silence, broken man. You know nothing of my integrity. Let's not do anything crazy now, Mati. Or I should probably say, let's not do anything else crazy. Hey, when did you lose all of your clothes? When I decided to become the pure animal of emotion that I now am, you behold me in my nudity as a display of all my potential glory realized. I need no clothes now to mask my body. I need no emotional filters placed on my mind. I am power incarnate. Marchosius has made it so. Yeah. Well, if you want me, uh, you'll need to get into the pit with me. Don't think that the threat of that mud will limit my desire. I am too strong now in order to be hindered by such obstacles. Yeah. I'm in, and I'm coming after you. Marty, you fool! Now you are stuck as well! No, Marcusius! I can feel the power you have granted me! I will move through this like a rock cuts through water! You look pretty stuck to me, Marty! I haven't given you any power, you imbecile! No! You have! I can feel it! Get to her before she gets out! Yes! I will, Master! I will! Come on, Machi! After everything we've been through, you turn just like that? All of this stuff hasn't meant anything to you? My cooperation with you and Wolfgang was only out of necessity to prove myself to my true master. You were testing me, Tanya. The whole time. It was all just a test. And I used you and Wolfgang in order to pass the test. You were nothing but weak people to be used as tools, and that's what I did. That's a nice revisionist version of history you have there. The way I remember was the... You were just as eager to defeat the demons and save Earth as we were. Don't you tell me what my past is. I get to decide what my past is. I get to decide what has happened to me in my life. I get to decide how it was that I got to where I am. It is the power of I, Tanya. The power of an individual so mighty that someone like you would never understand. You're not an individual, Mati. You're a maniac. Powerful people don't decide what happened to them in the past. Powerful people decide what will happen to them in the future. But you just sold that opportunity to Marchosius. You're nothing now. I'm not impressed by you. Then what did you sell it for, huh? Promises of treasure? Shiny metal objects that can look back at you and tell you you're validated for being an ass all this time? Or was it promises of ego? Like you didn't have enough people praising you when you were alive? Shut up! You don't know me! You don't know my choices! Oh god! Not knowing you is the one thing in the universe that I wish were true! I know you better than anyone should know a douchebag of your caliber! You and your need for power in the form of shiny and ego-stroking rewards! It's like a drug! Once you had a hit, you need to keep getting them, don't you? That's why Satan worship sounded so great to you, huh? Blow some smoke. Kill some people. Do some rituals and boom. Now you don't just have validation from normal living people. You have validation from supernatural people. You already stated how little you think of humans. Uh, that doesn't change your human need for uh, phony approval from perceived authority, does it? Uh, so now, uh, the 
first hint of the idea that these demons we've been dealing with <sighs> might like you. No matter how full of crap it is. <sighs> you jumped at it. And you sold your damned soul. <sighs> you sold it to the only thing you thought you could respect. <sighs> Which was some outer-worldly voice. <sighs> Who claimed to have all the answers. Shut up! Shut up! But guess what, Monty? That otherworldly voice doesn't have all the answers. That otherworldly voice is just as full of crap as every other voice around you. But it's too late now, because the deal is done. You're Marchosi's pawn now. All this crap about you being a person full of power and might is meaningless if you don't have a say in where your life is going. But guess what, Monty? For all of that worship and devotion you've given to a demon, you're still stuck in the mud. And I'm out of the pit! Daytross, I was able to get to the edge and pull myself out. Damn it! I will get out of here, Tanya! You have nowhere to run! Get out of here. Daytras. Oh, Daytras. <laughs> I found something. What? What's going on? I'm on the bridge, Daytras. I discovered your little secret. Marchosius, no. What secret? What's going on? The body, Daytras. I discovered it, and I've been listening to you through it. However, I never took a good look at his face until now. I feel like a fool, to be honest with you. To think the havoc I could have caused had I known whose bodies these were. But I was so busy working on controlling the ship and trying to squash your little rebellion that I never looked past the blood and the injuries on his face to realize who it really was that was up here. It's quite embarrassing, really, seeing as how I was the one who killed them. <laughs> you know, it's like they always say. You concentrate on work too much, and you really miss the little fun things in life, don't you? Stop. Tanya, the head you now wear around your neck, wrapped in a cloth. The other body on the bridge, who did Datris tell you they belonged to? He said they were of another scientist and a politician from the lab. <laughs> oh, Datris, you dog! You silly, lying dog! Tanya, I think you may want to unwrap the head you have been wearing this whole time. I think the face may seem familiar. What? Tanya, don't. What have you been hiding from me, Datros? I... just run, Tanya. I'm unwrapping it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Say hello, Tanya! <laughs> my face! It's my own face! Oh, God! <laughs> Tanya, where are you running to? You just dropped your head! <laughs> oh, God! Oh, God! Nocturnal. Tune in next week for episode 7, Facing the Storm. This week's episode was written and produced by Charles Davis. It starred Georgia Seacrest as Tanya Belaranovich, Charles Davis as Matia Nenenen, and Dave Robison as Machosius. 
before you leave for the evening, we would like to deliver you a final word from one of our sponsors. Black Bubblies are now available for adoption from your local pet store. Get this lovable and snuggly pet today. These adorable and affectionate animals found underneath the melted Solheima Jokul Glacier in Iceland have just been approved by the International Domestic Pet Organization for adoption by the general public. So jump on the bandwagon and buy a black bubbly for your family today. You've been listening to Sci-Fi Radio Theater. You can listen to our latest Radio Play podcasts on iTunes, Zune, SoundCloud, and on our website at www.scifiradiotheater.com. New episodes are uploaded on Sundays. If you like what you've heard, make sure to give us a review. You can also send us your feedback or questions on Twitter at sfradiotheater or email them to us at scifiradiotheater at gmail.com. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over-the-counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and BlackBerry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at AnomalyPodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y Podcast.com. Just one one-hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by JewelBeat.com In the beginning, our world was divided. Light and dark. Natural and supernatural. And thus, the world began. Oh. Okay, well, that cleared up absolutely nothing. Why are you not still in shock? Be in shock again, please. A depressed therapist. You know, I don't think I've ever actually lain down on my own couch before. It's actually really lumpy and itchy and uncomfortable. A badass monster hunter. There was a ghost in your apartment. Ah. I have destroyed it. You got a name? Yes. Cool. Uh, Me too. I hear lots of people do these days. A ghostly secretary. What? I'm going to stop coming into work because of some minor condition? What? Death? The minor condition of death? Yeah! Leave me on the floor. I've always loved the carpeting anyway. Very pleasant beige. And this guy. Guess what? I have schizophrenia. Schizophrenia, huh? It just hit me, you know? I woke up one morning and BAM! Schizophrenia! They might just be humanity's last hope. Are your spirits feeling dispirited? I don't believe in evil. Are your personal demons becoming literal demons? I think everyone has issues, and sometimes those issues lead to bad choices. Are you dead on the inside and on the outside? People just need help. Call Dr. Carp, paranormal therapist. Maybe we can give them that. Or humanity might be screwed. You said that there was a ghost in my apartment, so you destroyed it. Yes. I don't understand... See, 
See, this is the danger of pronoun ambiguity. Place was possessed. No time for an exorcism. Thought fast. I saved your cat. Dr. Carp, Paranormal Therapist. A new radio drama series airing on Saturdays on iTunes and SoundCloud starting June 15th.